0: Yeah, I'm Chris. Uh it's weird that we have to introduce ourselves at Midtown, you know, but the church is growing and that's a that's a cool thing. Thank God for that. So I I do very much appreciate the invitation and, and just to get to come hang out and, and open the book with with you guys. So um so you're tracking your way through Psalm 119, is that right? Yeah. Is there anyone who's, who's learning the alphabet as we go, the Hebrew alphabet? No? This is noon. It would be like the letter N. Open your Bibles to Psalm 119, 105. Noon is, is uh, like I said, it's like the N. And it looks like, kind of looks like that. Unless it's at the end of the word. If it's at the end of the word, it looks like the word noon itself is like this. This would be how you would spell the letter noon, N-U-N, except it's, I mean, it's not exactly like that, but that's the Hebrew letter noon, and noon is the first letter. You, you know it's an alphabet acrostic, That as you go through Psalm 119, all eight of these verses that we're going to cover today start with noon, right? And noon, one of the words that, that, that we have that starts with that is uh, the word for lamp or light. Okay, and that's going to be a theme for us this morning is, is the lamp or the light that we have in God's word. And, and that starts with the letter N. And what we're going to be looking at in this passage is the, the lit up pathway of life that God gives to us as believers and then that's not all okay how are we walking that path how do we view that how do we understand that in terms of of who god is and who we are and how the world works and all that kind of stuff so if you would get eyeballs on psalm 119 i'm going to read verses 105 through 112 okay but you want both your ears and your eyes as gateways for God's word to get into your mind and then into your heart. So I want you reading along with me. Is that okay? Okay. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy word. Verse 108, except I beseech thee. The free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. And then finally, one twelve, I have inclined my heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. So we've prayed, we, we're gathered together in Jesus' name, and we've prayed in faith for God to take his word this morning and do a work in our lives. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we've got eight verses to consider. We'll have eight main points coming from these eight verses. And here's what we're going to find this morning. In this passage, we look at the lit path of the believer. We all decide, whether consciously or not, we all decide whether or not to stay on this path, listen to this, daily, okay? Daily we make this decision, and if we can realize that we are tempted to jump off at times because of affliction, ignorance, self-protection, self-preservation, those are the things we see in this passage. There's other things, I'm sure, that cause us to jump off this path, and all those things would be reasonable to lost people. They'd be very reasonable to jump off the path to, to carnal people, to your, you know, lost advisors of whatever sort you have in your life. Okay, realizing that we are tempted to jump off the path at times gives us a very helpful perspective, okay? So, fellowship with God and fellowship with each other is in view as we look at this passage, and we need to abide and stay on that passage. And here's a simple question that we can all ask ourselves this morning. Ready? Is my faith strong enough for my life? Okay, so so that's a question I want you to be thinking about as we go through this passage. So verse 105, this is the Amy Grant song. Anyone old enough to... to Every time you read this verse, you it's like thy word is a lamp. Anybody else? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. So, I mean, maybe that's good. I don't know if that's good or not. But Psalm 105 tells us, "Thy word is a lamp unto my feet." You guys, listen. I was so prepared for you that that Braden hooked me up. With with my Air Jordans because we're going to be talking about a foot lamp this morning. So I had to, I had to, you know, make it memorable for you. So here's what we see in this passage. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's two things, you guys, it's one source of light, but it provides two different things that allow us to walk circumspectly according to God's word. And here's what we see is we see that the lit path, that shows us our way as God's people. Thy word is the, the, the light. It shows me the way that I'm supposed to live. Okay? Shows you the way you're supposed to live as God's people. But that's not all. It's also a lamp unto my feet. Okay, so listen, you know, there's, there's people, this could happen to us, we could know the right way to live, but we could be hearers of the word, and not doers of the word. Oh, no, no, I know all about what the Bible says about relationships, says the person who mistreats their spouse. Oh, okay, so you have a light, let's see, you, you, you have the light unto your path, but you don't actually have a lamp unto your feet. So what we have in this first verse is the lit path shows us our way, and the foot lamp shows us our walk. Or you could say, you know, that's probably just a good enough way to say it. Psalm uh, or Second Peter one nineteen. I'm a little slow. Okay talks about the word of God as a light that shines in a dark place and we would be wise to pay attention to take heed to that light just like that's what it is okay if I'm walking let's go back go back there okay if I'm walking in the dark and I've got a flashlight I don't really care about what else is out there. I need to know where to put my feet. I need to know how to be, there, there's a lot of things out there, but if I can't see my, where I'm walking, I'm going to be in trouble. And so there's not a lot of other sources of light if it's a dark place. If there's a lot of other sources of light, if my therapist is an alternative source of light, And if my, you know, my, my, my textbook over here and my counselors over there and my friends on Facebook, if they're all sources of light, then it's not a dark place, is it? This verse tells us that God's word is our source of light. Our lit path is only lit because we're God's people. It's only lit by God's word. So I'm not saying you ignore your friends. Just don't do what they tell you to do unless they've got book chapter verse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? So turn to Proverbs chapter four with me. We'll just flip over one book there. Proverbs chapter four. Look at verse 18. Proverbs chapter four, verse 18. The path of the just is as what? a shining light the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day man that's a beautiful picture it's a beautiful way to look at your life with spiritual eyes we're justified by the finished work of jesus christ on the cross right okay Guess what your pathway in life, if we could see what spiritual eyes looks like, it looks like a shining path. And the longer you walk on it, it just gets shinier and shinier. That's a beautiful spiritual picture. Doesn't always feel like that, does it? Doesn't always feel like that. Because we don't always see with spiritual eyes. Okay, look at verse 26 of that same chapter. Proverbs four twenty-six. Ponder the path of thy feet. Okay, the path of the just, that's a shining light. Ponder the path of your feet. So you've got the light on your path. That's, that's verse 18. But, but also, ponder the paths of your feet. Take the footlamp of God's word and look at where your feet are. You've got the path laid out. Woohoo! I love being one of God's people. Okay, get on the path. Oh, I look at my feet and it's like, oh, oh i got to get on the path. There's two aspects of it. Ponder the paths of your feet. When's the last time you really did that? You just did some introspection and say, God, I see what you say about how I'm supposed to communicate. How you hate the froward mouth. God, I need to ponder the paths of my feet. Shine the light on my life. And I thank God you guys are in in LFBI. Woo-hoo! You are learning the lit path. Don't forget, you got a foot lamp. Amen? Amen. Ponder the paths of your feet. Let all your ways be established. The light of God's word, it's a two edged sword. You got to apply that one edge to yourself as we look at what God is doing. You probably covered Psalm 119. Uh, what is it? Nine, maybe? Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? by taking heed thereto according to thy word. That verse doesn't say to take heed according, it doesn't say take heed to God's word. That verse, you can turn there if you want, says take heed to your ways according to God's word, which is what we see in Psalm 105. And so with that in mind, let's look at Psalm 119, verse 106. The next verse in the noon, um, the noon section here's what we see i have sworn and i will perform it well what did you swear david what is it you're going to do that i will keep thy righteous judgments okay so we know we are supposed to 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 um lean not on our own understanding we know that in all our ways we're supposed to acknowledge him here's what we see in this next verse in 106 is that we have a choice to make. I have sworn and I'm gonna do it. Well done what? Well, I'm going to live God's way. Does it, listen, even if you choose evil, you're gonna accidentally be nice to somebody someday. You're not gonna do that perfectly. If you choose to walk God's way, Your choice isn't to do it perfectly. In El Salvador, we go down and we do evangelism and people are open to talking about the gospel. They will listen to us because of our funny accents and we get to present the gospel. And here's a lot of times what we see. And James will be able to to verify this. It seems like especially the men, they'll say, I'm not ready. I see my sin, I see the gospel, I see that I need to be saved, and here's what they say, but I know myself. I'm not going to be able to live perfectly, and I'm going to sin, and I know that if I'm a Christian, I'm not supposed to sin, therefore I can't accept Christ. I don't know, James, did you run into that frequently there? Yeah, Yeah, I ran into that frequently in the times that we've done that, And, and what we would present to that person is we'd say, no, 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 you don't understand. The choice isn't whether or not you're going to sin or not sin. The choice is, who are you going to trust? Are you going to trust God according to his word and just become a son of God through faith? Or are you, I guess you can just trust yourself and stay a child of the devil. Okay, knowing what we know, we can look at that person and say, if you understood, you would make this choice. OK, listen, you guys, we do the same thing, not when it comes to salvation, maybe, but when it comes to sanctification and we look at our performance and we beat ourselves up. You guys don't understand your choice is, are you going to lean on your own understanding or are you going to trust God according to his word as a way of life? Not I'm going to live perfectly or not. But we have, if we realize we have a lit path, the choice we have is to say, you know what, I am going to trust God according to his word, and this is the path I am going to walk as a way of life. You all, God, everyone that knows me, myself, everybody knows I am not going to walk this path perfectly well, who said anything about walking this past path perfectly? That's the perfectionist in all of us. That's a pride position that wants to focus on my performance. No, listen, God's like, come on, it's better. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Just as a way of life. Can we make a decision that says I'm going to do things God's way. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. The Christian life formula is this. The Christian life is a decision followed by a process. Has anyone heard that before? The decision before us all is, in terms of a manner of life, are you going to do things God's way, or, or are you going to do things your way? That is the decision. We have a choice to make. So we have a lip path. We have a foot life. We all have a choice to make. And then, what we have here, and i and I do have this other verse on here, um, Proverbs chapter five verse six is talking about this this strange woman, this temptress who leads people away, you know and 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 she's really bad, okay. She represents more than just a lady out on the street. She represents a false system of belief. She represents the world who draws people away. And here's what it says in verse uh, 6 of Proverbs 5 about this woman. It says that, lest thou should ponder the path of life, which is what we're talking about, her ways are movable. Thou canst not know them. So you ask this woman, well, well, okay, so she's talking to you about why you shouldn't believe what you believe, and you shouldn't just walk according to the lit path, and then you say, well, tell me what you believe, and she, she won't be able to tell you, okay, because she doesn't know if, if she gives you a definite answer, it won't be scriptural. So what we have in the lit path that God lays out for us, according to his word, is we have something that is not movable. We have certainty of the words of truth. Now, you don't know it all. You You probably don't even know all the verses you need to know yet to follow the lit path in all the different areas of your life. That's not what we're talking about it's not how much I know that I'm depending on it's God's word. So I don't know everything I need to know you guys, but I know with certainty, I have the words of truth and I have a lit path. And whenever I need an answer that comes up in my life circumstances, I know where to go to find it. Does that make sense? The world isn't that way. Okay. It's movable. You can never know it. We need that immovable word. Okay. Next. Verse 107 of Psalm 119, I am afflicted very much. Okay, this word afflicted, I think sometimes in our minds we'll associate that with like, I'm persecuted or something. What this means is I am just depressed. My soul is beat up. I'm not okay I'm trying as hard as I can. I'm doing the best I can. I know, you know, just whatever. Life isn't working out. There's oppression and there is depression. I am afflicted. My soul is not okay. And here's the prayer. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy word. And so here's what we see. We, we not only have a lit path and a foot lamp, we not only have a choice to make, we have an antidepressant. Did you know that God's word and God's ways and the pathway of light is for us an antidepressant? Proverbs 4.18 says, remember this, the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Do you know how our paths get more and more shiny? It's as I quit living and acting like Chris and I start living and acting more like Christ, we must decrease. He must increase that process of sanctification where I die to self progressively sometimes depresses me. But then once I figure out, I shine the light of God's word on my feet, and I just realize the whole time God is just using his crook to draw me back onto the pathway of blessing. Man, once I figure that out, it is encouraging to me. God is doing this for a reason, because he loves me, because he wants to use me, because he wants to get me to be more Christ-like and just finally let go of all that stuff. And it's so good. And that sorrow actually works out to my benefit, to God's glory. Okay, so in Psalm 119, some things you've probably already studied. Look at verse, look at verse 67 of Psalm 119. We'll just look at three verses real quick. Thou hast dealt well with thy, like, I'm sorry, uh, before, before I was afflicted, I went astray but now I have kept thy word. Oh, see, I was astray. I ended up depressed, but now God has brought me back. I see that my path is now more shiny and I'm on it and I was afflicted, but now I'm back. I was depressed, but God's word was an antidepressant to me as I not only studied the path, I looked at my feet. and I'm like, well, no wonder no wonder. Before I was afflicted, I was astray, but now I'm not. Thank God for that affliction. Look at verse seventy-one. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. In verse seventy-five, I know, O Lord, that thou that thy judgments are right, and thou that thou in faithfulness hath afflicted me. So we have our antidepressant in God's word. Okay, so. Let's see. Let's see. Go back. Uh, okay, we have an antidepressant. God's word is our appeal, so we can pray to God and make an appeal. God, I'm afflicted very much. I'm not okay. I need R and R. I need revival. That is, my spirit needs to be quickened and brought to life. Like it's not like you lost your salvation, but God, my I'm not okay. Revival and repentance. That's our R&R. That's what we need. And that's how God's word acts as an antidepressant in our life. But we have to take it as directed. Okay. As prescribed in God's word, make sure that we're praying to God with an appeal that's based on his word. Okay. So we have a lit path. We have a foot lamp. We have a choice to make. We have an antidepressant. And finally, in verse 108, we have access to him. Look at this. Except, I beseech thee, the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. If we were to study out the free will offering of God, it ties into entering his gates with praise and thanksgiving, with access to God. It ties into bringing something to God. So OK, here we go. We have access to God. We need to enter in and do so rightly as a way of life, not just as a Hail Mary. Okay, what in the world is that talking about? Okay, in Exodus, in, in, uh, let me see. I think I got these verses up here. In Exodus, we see... Well, okay, here we go. First mention of this particular type of offering in Scripture is in Exodus 25, when the people of God brought offerings in order to build the tabernacle, okay, because what they were doing was establishing a way for God and man to have fellowship through the tabernacle. But they had to bring the stuff to build that tabernacle. And in in 36.3 of Exodus, we see they brought yet unto him free offerings, every morning the tabernacle uh, uh, enabled fellowship but the people would daily bring offerings to the lord the free will offering listen you don't have to have a quiet time every morning you are not under the law but as a free will offering to come before the lord and spend time with him in the cool of the day to establish this one thing ready Here's what you establish as you interact with God. God, today, I'm going to walk that pathway of light. God, today, I'm going to do things your way and not my way. Oh, Lord, grant me thy grace to protect me against myself, because I know I'm going to be tempted to jump off the pathway when my spouse is unreasonable, when my boss is threatening. When doubts and fears come upon me, God, I know myself, I'm going to be tempted to jump off this path today. But listen, God, I've already determined in my mind and in my heart that this is how I am going to live my life in faith to your word. And you start your day with an interaction with God that sets up a daily walk with God. Because you know where God is? He's on that path. Like, he'll go get you if you're off in the darkness, but he doesn't hang out there. If you want fellowship with God, go to where God is. If you want fellowship with the people who really care about the things of God, and you want a life that actually matters and a faith that is real, then hang out with the people who are walking that path. But it starts with a quiet time. And listen, I'm a pastor. James and Dell, the the other leaders in here will all tell you the same thing. You know, that's a big fight. The devil is always working to mess up your quiet time and turn it into something else. To turn it into sermon prep. To turn it into, uh, you know, disciplined religious activity. (laughs) You know, good luck with that. Now, listen, it needs to be a real interaction with the God that created you, who bought you to himself. If you do not start your day in fellowship, when exactly do you think you're going to start walking in fellowship? If I'm not in fellowship, for me, it's like between five and six, usually. If I'm not in fellowship, then how am I going to be in fellowship at 8 a.m.? How am I going to be in fellowship at noon when I'm like, I'm intermittent fasting. By 10 a.m., I'm out of fellowship. If I don't start in fellowship, just because I'm that carnal, <laughs> I'm low blood sugar. I'm like, ah, I'm mad, the world's broken. What's wrong with all you, but, you know? I I really can't overemphasize the, the quiet time starting with God. And, and that leads us to the next section. And so the first four verses I would title The lit Path. And the foot lamp, you know, like like, but this next section I would title Abiding Trust. Living faith is how we overcome. We know we get grace through faith. Amen. Okay, well, what does that actually look like practically, though? And the next verse we're gonna see says, My soul is continually in my hand, yet I do not do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I've erred not from thy precepts. Okay, so. Are you familiar with the Pilgrim's Progress? John Bunyan wrote the Pilgrim's Progress in 1678. It's been translated in over 200 languages. It has never, ever since that time been out of print. At one point, it was the second best seller in history behind the Bible. John Bunyan's book allegorically describing the journey of a man named Christian as he leaves the city of destruction and makes his way to the celestial city. And all along the way, Christian is met with with fellow travelers. And some are really good, like people you would want to travel with, like faithful and hopeful. But most of them aren't. Most of the people that Christian meets on his journey are actually people who are hindering him. And then Christian has to go through the slew of despond. Or slough, if you're English, slough of despond, like if you're from Great Britain. The slew of despond. You know what despondency is? It's when your hope and your courage are just failing can't even muster hope and courage and christian fell into the slew of despond and you're reading about christian and and then he, he manages to get out of there with help from evangelist or you know and he's walking down the path and here comes you know these guys here comes talkative one of my favorite ones is this traveling companion named talkative comes along this guy won't shut up Christian's just like, I, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> like, we're not traveling together. You talk way too much. You don't ever say anything. Just a bunch of religious sounding gobbledygook, mile after mile. And finally, he just has to separate from this guy. But there's other things. There's, there, you know, he comes to a, a, a you know, am I going to take that easy path? I like that path. Or am I going to take that path called the path of patience up the hill of difficulty? And it's just all allegorical like this. And he's like, what's that path called? Oh, the path of destruction. Man, just, you know, kind of, okay, and and goes up the the path of patience up the hill of difficulty. He has to go through vanity fair. That's the world's big party. Just all fun and games and frivolity. They're selling everything and and anything, and, and, and they're like, no, we can't buy that. We're on the pathway to the celestial city. And he made the people of Vanity Fair so mad that they killed his faithful traveling partner. But then he gets trapped in the, in the giant's castle of despair, and he's like caged in despair. And all along the way, you're reading this story about Christian, and you see him wander off the path because some person is telling him, There's another way. There's an easier way. And and you're just reading these things and you're like, Christian, just get back on the path. Just get out of the swamp of despondency. You can do it, Christian. And Christian, just you've got the key to the cage. You've got hope. You've got faith. You can get out of that cage and escape the giant of despair. Just get Back on the path, and the whole time you're just reading this and you're talking to this to Christian, and then you just realize I'm talking to myself. There is a lit path, there is a way to live. It's oh, and I, I take the light of God's word and I shine on my feet. Like, oh, I jumped off the path. Okay, here's what we just read in these last two chapter or thus two verses my soul is continually in my hand okay i'm about to perish my, it's like my soul's in my hand it's about to fly away yet do i not forget thy law so here's a question we would ask myself is my faith sufficient to keep me on the lit path when my loved ones or i feel threatened If you feel threatened, are you still going to do things God's way? You know how you're supposed to communicate without murmuring, without disputing. Emulations and wrath and seditions and strifes. we're supposed to avoid. That your speech is always to be seasoned with grace. You know that. You know those verses. Are you still going to communicate that way when your loved ones are in peril? When the mama bear wants to come out and just kill everyone and everything? When the protective part of me comes out, and, and and am I still going to trust God, and stay on that lit path? It's perfectly reasonable that I would jump off at that point and defend myself. What well, is your faith strong enough for your daily life? If it's not, listen. It's not because you don't have enough faith. It's because you don't have faith in God's word. Okay. So when we're threatened, will we still stay on the path? In verse one ten. The psalmist says, look, even, you know, the wicked set traps for me, but I'm still going to, what's he saying? The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I err not from thy precepts. Okay, so, so we need to trust when the wicked set traps, that is when we need defended. Well, injustice happened. Yeah, injustice happens all the time. Yeah, but I was the one that it happened to. Like, I'm okay when it happens to you guys. But when it happens to me, it's like, whoa, oh, we rise up because that's not okay. And then we jump off the path and we defend ourselves. Why? Because you're mistreated. Okay. How about this? You get mistreated and you stay on the path. That would be a faith that actually is real faith. Like that would be, I feel like jumping off the path and hulking out on somebody, but that's not the lit path. Okay, some of you have done that. I just want to say, Christian, get back on the path. Get out of there. Look at your feet. Did you communicate according to God's word when you were mistreated? Is your faith in God's word enough for your life? Because you are going to be threatened. You are going to be mistreated. But that doesn't change the fact that we have a lit path and a foot lamp. And the only pathway to blessing is to live according to God's word. Oh, my goodness. How did we miss that? Okay. Verse 11. Thy testimonies have I taken for an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I don't know exactly where we're at with the PowerPoint. I think we're behind. I skipped this, but I'll just throw this in now. Eve walked with God in the cool of the day until she did it. Let's just say you heard me and you you, you start doing your quiet time. And you're walking with God. Yeah, until you don't. Okay, this is where fellowship with God and fellowship with each other comes in. We all know people as we look around this room who should be here that aren't. Where's, well, what's their name? Why aren't they here? Well, you know, they were walking with us for a while and and then now they're not. They were on the lit path, but now their feet are who knows where, right? Can we all look around the room and think about that? We play out, The garden scene with Eve in the tree every single day. I walk with God in the cool of the day and life's good. (laughs) I'm all happy. Then all of a sudden something happens where I feel threatened. And I, well, now I'm not walking with God anymore because I jumped off the lit path because it's person perfectly reasonable in the flesh or to a carnal believer that I would do so. But that's the point. Listen, that's the point at which my faith was not sufficient for my life. And it's not because I don't have enough faith. God has given us all a measure of faith, but my just faith is misplaced and I don't see things with spiritual mindset. Okay. So, so, you know, we, we replay that scene daily. 109 110 is my faith sufficient to keep me in fellowship with my loved ones or I feel mistreated. Verse 111 trust and rejoice to do so as your way of life, as your MO Okay, but if you'll do this together, so if Deb does this, and Cheryl does this, and Sarah does this, guess what? You are now all on the same path, walking with God, but you're also walking with each other. How are you walking? Well, we're just simply walking in faith because we've chosen that This is how we're going to live. We're just going to walk this lit path, and we're not going to do it perfectly, but this, the Bible is going to be our authority, and we're going to take time once in a while to, to not only learn the path, but look at our feet. We're just going to live in faith, right? If you're all doing this together, you are a faith fellowship, not just in name. But actually, as you go about your day, one thing about a fellowship, a fellowship is just a bunch of fellows. You are all fellows, let male or female, you're fellows of this fellowship. But I've learned in living well class, fellowship doesn't really mean much if it doesn't mean much to the fellows. If they don't know what it means to be part of this group and they don't care about what it means to be part of the group, I really don't want them to be part of the group and some of that's just on me i need to make sure they know what it means to be part of the group but here's what i just i have this thing in my mind like sometimes in living well we'll ask ourselves like hey are you living well kind of of a play on words you know but yeah that means maybe something and i just see you guys as a faith fellowship and just be like hey faith right like faith like we're I'm walking the path, right? You got cool shoes on and I got cool shoes on. And we got this thing together. Okay. So listen, last thing and we'll close. The, the verse 112 says, I have inclined, what, my mind? My calendar? Now I've inclined my heart. My heart is inclined. It's being pulled. It's drawn. I, I am leaning in even to the end, you know what? Even if it kills me, I see a lit path, and I, um, that's my path. And I can't wait to have fellowship with God on that path and with all the other people who've also inclined their heart on that way. And for some of you, you're in the, the slew of despond. Some of you, you're in the castle of despair. And I wish we could just sit down and I could talk to you about what God's doing in your life. And, and, and then you'd find yourself in this book. You might even find yourself in John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. It speaks to us because of the mutual faith that we have and the fellowship that we have. But, but I would just say this. You've got a lit path. That's where fellowship with God is. Shine the light of God's word on your feet and then get back on that path. Get a quiet time to starting that's a real interaction with God and just determine, God, I'm going to walk this way, your way throughout the day. God, save me from myself, from jumping off the path and being reactive and impulsive when I feel threatened, when I feel mistreated. And just start walking together in faith according to God's word. And I'll tell you what, the affliction Of your soul, if you'll do this, the affliction of your soul that maybe some of you are feeling right now, in time, you're gonna say, Thank you, God, for that. Thank you, God, for afflicting me because now I see it, now I get it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. We'll close out. Father, we love you. I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for this group of people. And Lord, I, I just beg you for your hand of blessing. Lord, that your hand would be upon them for good. And that, Lord, as you draw them to walk the lit path, that you would just make it clear for them how much you want to bless. So, God, whatever you want to do in our lives, we just, God, before you even show us, our answer is yes, Lord. We'll do it, God. We trust in you that much. And, Lord, I pray that you would help us all. God, to have a quiet time that's real, and then that would flow into a day, which is a day lived in fellowship with you and fellowship with each other. We love you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.